my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta. Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm bringing to you a new series for the month of October, the Jesse and Joey duo career journey. So I'm talking about when they started working in advertising together and then the radio show. Of course, kicking off this new series is from season two, episode five, Jingle Hell, which aired November 11th, Veterans Day, in 1988. Jesse and Joey start working together while DJ and Stephanie fight because Stephanie breaks some of DJ's stuff. Now this, again, this is another episode I really, I don't watch that much. And I haven't watched it in literal years. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this episode again. This episode's got a 6.7 out of 10 based on 312 ratings. We have Harry, played by Nathan Nishiguchi, and Stacy Alden as secretary. This episode was directed by Peter Baldwin. Writers for this episode, we have Jeff Franklin, the creator. We have Dennis Rinsler and Mark Warren. We got some connections. Jailhouse Rock, a poster hangs on the wall of Jesse's room from this movie. King Creole, a paste, same thing. Bullwinkle Show, Joey imitates Rocky and Bullwinkle. Butch, and Cass Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Jesse mentions the movie. Do we have trivia? <laughs> this is the first time that Joey, Dave in quotes, does his famous cut it out gimmick. The title is a parody of the winter slash Christmas classic Jingle Bells. Warning, spoilers. DJ says she's never having kids, assuming the continuation series where DJ's son Jackson, Michael Campion, born in 2002, DJ gives birth seven years after the original series finishes. Well, what kid probably hasn't said that at one point? Or someone said, I don't know, have kids. And then they do. Warning spoilers, when Jesse checks the closet for monsters, there's a soda can on the shelf. Presumably, Candace or Jody would drink it between takes to give them the sugar rush. Okay, I'm going to call this a fabrication unless this person worked on the show. Because right now, it just seems like this is just um, an assumption. Did they flat out say that they were doing that in any interview? that you've seen of uh, CCB or Jody Sweet, and have they said anything about drinking that stuff before they shoot a take because they need the energy? Like, eh, eh, I don't know. I want credibility. I want to know the sources. Where did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's some goofs. 
Continuity. When DJ and Stephanie are plotting to lure Jesse and Joey into their room, a baby gate is propped up against the staircase. In the next shot, when Stephanie walks up the staircase, the gate has been removed. Factual errors. DJ has a purple belt in karate, but it's all wrong when she briefly demonstrates it. Her fists are not in any proper form. The open hand move she did is non-existent, and all open hand moves require the thumb to touching the rest of the hand instead of sticking out. Well, clearly this person knows karate because I would not have noticed any of that. Okay, we do have a review. Six out of ten. Kiss and make up. Up is in all caps with an exclamation point. This is by Mitch RMP. December 11th, 2013 is when this review was posted. It's time for Michelle's potty training. All three parents are so proud of her. Danny buys her the coolest potty chair and everything. Kind of tacky. On another note, Jesse and Joey decide to combine their talents together and go into advertising, into the advertising business. This is yet another establishment in the show that will keep them employed throughout the rest of the show. It seems that season one was just there, while season two develops the characters a lot more. Of course, along with that is bickering, Jesse and it's the bickering that Joey and Jesse have together. Their first fight as partners is witnessed by the girls, and they have to explain that to the girls that adults fight sometimes and things are said that aren't really meant. Finally, DJ and Stephanie get into it because Stephanie keeps taking DJ's stuff and interfering in her life. Well, you know what? I don't know what to tell you. You share a bedroom. You live in the same house. Learn to deal with it, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to say, I guess. <laughs> So, of course, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let the Tanner newbies, a.k.a. new listeners who have just tuned it, started tuning into the podcast or jumped aboard the Tanner train, I want to let you know where you can find the podcast to listen to. Of course, if you're listening right now, you already know one of the ways, which is the SoundCloud app, or you can listen to it on your laptop or your phone, wherever. <laughs> So the SoundCloud app actually does contain, I believe all the episodes are also on iTunes. For some reason, and I don't understand why, with my other two platforms, the Punky Power podcast, the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast, they only hold, iTunes only holds so many episodes. And then the older episodes get, I guess, removed or I don't know. But if you want to listen to all the episodes on either three platforms, just download the SoundCloud app so that way you can listen to the podcast from the very beginning. Punky Power started in February of 2017. Little, uh, looking back at my wonder year, started in May of 2017. And then the Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast started in April of 2019. Since then, I have also completed some other shows. Silver Spoons being one of them. If you want to find all five seasons of me covering Silver Spoons and reviewing the episodes, you can do so on the Punky Power podcast. Okay. Also, the podcast does have a Facebook page. You can just type in Full House or Fuller House podcast in the search bar in Facebook. The Only Atlanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. You can like the 
page. You can follow it so that way you know what set of episodes I'm doing or series of episodes I'm doing each month because I don't go episode by episode or season by season. I go based on themes, which can be based on a character or a holiday or just whatever crazy kooky theme that I can come up with. If you've been listening for a while, you will by now get that 2023 at the end, I will be wrapping up the full house portion of this podcast. 2024, Fuller House will take over. I will be basically covering any of the episodes that I did not cover in the last four years. After I've covered Fuller House, I will most likely just be releasing episodes possibly once a month. They could be a Full House Stephanie book review. They could be a behind-the-scenes Full House clip from YouTube, and I can discuss that. Just just fun little things like that. Another couple things that uh, I want to mention about this podcast is there are many Full House and Fuller House podcasts out there. However, there are some that are not, not meant for children's ears due to the content. This podcast, you can be reassured, is, um, as I've referred to, as an ears of all ages podcast where anybody of any age can listen to it anywhere, anytime. I created this podcast mainly because I love the show. I grew up with the show. I still watch episodes all the time. And I wanted to create a safe space for those that grew up with the show as well and want to introduce their children to the show and want to find a place where they can hear clips and me reviewing the episodes, reliving my own childhood memories, and just reviewing the episodes and kind of seeing things from a different POV. Basically, as they say, taking off the rose uh, rose-colored glasses that you would have had as a child versus looking at it from an adult POV. And just it's just it's fun. I, I, I love doing this. I've loved podcasting this show for four years. It really honestly helped me when I was in a difficult time in my life. And this this is my comfort show, everyone. This is my this is my warm comfy blanket. This is my cozy book, if you will. It's, it's my happy place, if to put it in other terms. So, yes. Again, this is the Ears of All Ages podcast. You can listen to it in the car, picking up your kids from school, daycare, summer camp. You can listen to it while you're getting, while you're getting your groceries, wrapping gifts, making dinner, doing laundry, all that fun stuff. And you don't got to worry about... Me dropping expletives that are or any inappropriate content that your children might hear. I don't do that because that's not what this show's about. All right. Also, since the podcast has been around for a while, whether you're just tuning in now or you've been a dedicated listener since April 2019, I just ask a quick moment of your time if you could jump on iTunes and leave a review. All five-star reviews do get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Also, if you haven't found out, 
If you haven't followed Dave Coulier on Instagram, I recommend it because he, like many other stars of TV shows, have he is starting a Full House Rewatch podcast. And I think is I believe Full House Rewind. And you're going to get all the behind-the-scenes goodies, all the stories, all the just, I ugh, I was so, you have literally no idea. When I saw that, I just, my heart just burst, like, ah, I'm so excited. I just, I've never, I mean, there is um, one called Pod Meets World, I believe. That one is with the cast of Boy Meets World, Writer Strong, Daniel Fischel, and Will Friedle. They are going through the episodes, and you hear a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. I just, I'm so excited about this. It's going to be great. And just definitely Dave Coulier, also fellow Michigander. Yep, yep. So, pretty cool. I'm excited. So, I'm guessing that's going to be starting in July. So, give us something to look forward to, even though this episode will not drop until October. <laughs> so, by this time, you probably have heard of it. You've probably listened to some episodes of Full House Rewind. So, I am so looking forward to Dave's endeavor in this. I think it's going to be great. The guest stars, their story, just going through the episodes and just all the behind the scenes goodies. Oh! I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. If you would like to send an email to the podcast or reach out to the podcast and talk about your full house memories of watching the show growing up or even your favorite characters and stuff, like, just email the podcast. Go to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the Facebook page and message me there. Definitely. Another thing that I didn't mention that I am planning on doing for the podcast is fun little compilation of mini, like mini-sodes, basically, like five best, uh, who are the best criers in Full House, those moments, stuff like that, just or heartbreaking moments between characters and just little things. Who had the saddest breakup? Um, who was the worst character on Full House of the stars like Rusty Gia, Stavros, stuff like that? I'm just, I'm excited. I'm ready for it. Or like, hey, who's a character who we only saw for an episode that we wish could have had more episodes? Stuff, just fun stuff like that. Or like, hey, who is the favorite guest star? Like. We can go through get Doris Roberts playing Danny's mother the second time around, Ernie Hudson playing the Sandman, Vanna White, just all these different guest stars and stuff like that. So just if you if you, any of you have some fun compilation lists, like you can keep it to like maybe top I think maybe for the most part it'd be like a top five so that way we include reasons why and play clips and stuff like that. So all right, without further ado, let's jump into Jingle Hell. <laughs> and really kicking off the uh, Jesse Joey career duo journey. All right, so the cold open here, it, it's cute, but it is actually very short. We have DJ and Michelle sitting on DJ's bed. DJ is 
drooling over a picture of Patrick Swayze, saying, oh, he's so cute. She has, she's chomping on bubblegum. She blows <laughs> a bubble, and Michelle leans over and pops the bubble. <laughs> it's just, it's just kind of a quick, it's an adorable little scene between the youngest sibling and the oldest sibling, and that's pretty much it. So we come out of the intro, Jesse is in his room, he's got his keyboard set up, you see that there are so many crumpled up pieces of paper, he's got his writing glasses on, and <laughs> he's trying to come up with a jingle for a tire company. And again, it just seems like Jesse only knows how to sing in one tone, and that just seems to be a soft tone for ballads. And I'm just like, this is supposed to be a jingle, it's supposed to be upbeat, it's supposed to get people's attention. And he realizes that because eventually he just is like, Ugh. he's singing about you so sing uh, fill my soul with sweet desires, like, and then he realizes he's singing to a tire. It's like. Mm. I mean, I could see this working for, like, maybe Michael Bolton or someone else who's got a really good ballad voice. But with Jesse, his name really isn't out there, so. Fred's Tire Town. So, yeah, he's just, he's getting frustrated. He's like, oh, you don't kill bugs anymore for a living, living, you Right, jingles, you sell jingles, you sold one. And then he realizes, yes, one jingle that he sold. This is just, it's new territory for Jesse. Yes, he is a you know, musician, he's well-versed in writing music, but now he's basically working for someone who's not his father. And it's a way to get himself out there. He sells a good jingle for a really awesome company. Everyone's going to know this guy's name. But then again, I mean, when you're listening to jingles on the radio, do you ever really wonder, gee, I wonder who wrote that jingle? So Jesse, in his room, is looking for inspiration. He moves his bathrobe that's hanging on the back of his bedroom door, and he sees Sammy Davis Jr. He's trying to get some inspiration so stephanie introduces harry to jesse i would be like well at least i mean she knocked on the door she didn't just walk in which is good but still he's busy he's trying to work oh we this has got to be his first episode because we get a rundown from stephanie learning that harry is in her class he sits next to the crayon bin he, oh my gosh, he's got two hours to come up with a jingle. Is this how long of a time limit they gave him? Or have they given him more time than this? Like a week, a few weeks? And Jesse's sucking down my Lanta because he is that stressed. 
Stephanie jumps on the bed saying, hey, guess what? I can help you. I just wrote a poem in class about milk. And Harry says, yeah, it made me want a cookie real bad. Stephanie hops on the bed and says, hey, look, I can help you, okay? I just wrote this amazing poem about milk. And Harry chimes in with, yeah, it made me want a cookie real bad. I would have loved to hear what this poem is. And Jesse looks at Stephanie trying to explain to her how he is involved in this creative process. Very sophisticated musical composition. He's like, here, check this out. So he starts hitting one note on the keyboard. Da, 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 Fred's tire town. Honestly, that's probably all they really need is something quick and simple. You know those radio ads don't go on forever. Also see that Jesse, he must have been at this for days because he's got been running through the fast food dress of drive throughs McDonald's, Panda Express, just all these different places. So she tries to help him. I don't I lost kind of how many berries she said. She she goes, it's a very, 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 very nice. And then she goes up and knocks up. Nice place. Um, well, sweetheart, that's a very good try. Thank you. But he's like, honey, I got this. Don't worry about it. But thank you for the support and your feedback. That is really great. And then he pretty much tells him to uh, zip out the door and let him get back to create. Now he's got less than two hours to get this jingle done. Harry is such, oh, uh, he's such a yes man. <laughs> He says, she's done it again. <laughs> she, he just, he feels like, to me, like, basically this is her only buddy that we see her with. Because Rita from season five is just, you never see her again. And then we don't get another friend for Stephanie. The two Jennifers do not count. We don't get another friend of Stephanie's until we see Mickey, who's only in two episodes, and then Stephanie is basically linked with Gia until season eight. And I just, I, I get it in a way, sometimes it's because, you know, you make friends, and then you kind of make other friends later. Like, the friends you have... Sure, you have some good ones, but then sometimes when you get a little older, like say when you get into junior high or middle school and you're making friends based on interests, you have like certain clubs that you belong to or sure your interests like book club or something like that. Whereas when you're under the age of 10, it just seems like it's easier to make friends because you're all kind of doing like, oh, we're all on the playground. Hey, you like to swing too? Great. Hey, you like the monkey bars? So do I. We're friends. There you go. Where it just seems like the interests you have as you get a little older help you develop. And not necessarily those friends friendships aren't going to last forever. Some do. Some don't. That's just how it is. And maybe that's just how it was supposed to be for Stephanie and Harry. But in Nerd for a Day in Season 3, and the way he comes back with, Oh, you dumped me for Duckface? Just angry? And I'm just like, they, that was the last time we ever saw Harry. And they, in my opinion, ruined his character. 
He was a sweetheart here. And then they just ruined his character in season three for making him a company. I just, honestly, I, and again, I mentioned this in the Spellbound episode, I would have loved to see, instead of Davy Chu, we get Harry and Stephanie competing at the Spelling Bee. Like, hey, they're former friends, they're coming up against each other competing in the Spelling Bee. I would have loved that. I would have so loved that. Granted, yes, we do get a version of Harry and Fuller House in season one for an episode is not played by the same actor, but still, it's just trying to bring back old faces, old characters for nostalgia's sake. Well, he pretty much practically carries Stephanie out of the room, just kind of like, okay, okay, everyone who's not me, leave my room, thank you. Goodbye, goodbye. Nice meeting you, Harry. Uh, Stephanie is walking out of, basically being hustled out of Jesse's room. She puts an arm around Harry's neck, or the actor who plays Harry, Nathan, and then proceeds to pat him on the head as they walk out the door, which, confused about that. I don't think that was a Stephanie thing. Maybe that was a Jody thing. Or maybe it just... Jody Sweeten, the actress, thought Stephanie and Harry are such buddies, like he would be fine being petted. It's just, it's just, the, just the way that she's hustled out the door, it's almost like, I don't know. <laughs> Jesse practically shoves them both out the door. anymore you write advertising jingles you've sold one one all right i need some inspiration i need uh sam sammy samala a main man speak to me who can turn a lug nut who is it Tire count, so let me work, kids. I can help. In school, I wrote a poem about milk. It made me want a cookie real bad. Stephanie, I'm involved in the creation of a very sophisticated musical composition. Let's see if this sparks anything. It goes like this: da 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 da. Fred's tire count. How about this? It's a very 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 nice. This is why Jesse gets so stressed out because he's just get he's got two hours, just like the whole thing in The King and I. It's like down to the wire and he is just not coming up with and he's so stressed. Because he's not giving himself enough time to be able to 
come up with something. It's just, and he wants it to be so perfect right off the bat. It's like, well, that's not really how that works. Of course, Joey comes in with Michelle. As soon as he shuts the door on Stephanie and Harry, Joey comes in with Michelle, who they are currently trying to potty train. So Joey tells Jesse, like, hey, look, Michelle said poo poo. And Jesse is just like, that's great, Joey. I'm trying to work here. And Joey's like, no, Jesse, you don't understand. First she said it, and then she did it. And I called Danny at work, and he said, it's a surefire, surefire sign that Michelle is ready to be potty trained. Well, what did, okay, wait a minute. She said poo-poo, and then what, she went in her diaper? I mean, or is she letting you know... That she's ready to potty train. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it goes. I don't know the cutoff age for potty training. I always kind of thought by age two or three, the the child in question would be potty trained at some point. Because I mean, I mean, four or five just seems like it's really late in the game for a child to be wearing diapers. But then again, to each their own. Everyone trains and does it at the at their own speed. Hey, this is good news. Jesse says, all right, Michelle, high five. And she high fives them. Aw. I just thought with Jesse being stressed to create this jingle, part of me feels like Michelle is stressed to use the baby potty. Like, I'm sure she's ready. Like, I'm sure babies don't want to be in diapers any longer than they really have to. I mean, part of me just feels like that would be the case. And it just feels like, I think she is ready at that point, but she's getting so much attention, and I think it's just putting undue, like, stress on this. They they want it to happen, she wants it to happen, but, and she just wants to make her family happy. This isn't nearly as stressful as, say, Jesse trying to come up with a Fred's Tire Town jingle in less than two hours. So Joey asks Jesse, like, hey man, how's the jingle writing going for Fred's Tire Town? And Jesse admits, like, it's not going at all, to be honest. I just, I dried up, I got nothing, I feel like I got jingle bro- block, you know, like, writer's block. And it's, ugh. I get, yeah, he just, he puts too much pressure on himself when it comes to this. And I like that Joey doesn't stress out. I mean, because he's not the one having to write the jingle, so of course he's not stressed out. He's like, look, Jess, it's gonna come to you, okay? You just, you gotta just calm yourself. Because you getting riled up and stressed out is not allowing the creative juices to properly flow. So, yeah, he's like, hey, Michelle, isn't that a cool tire? And then he proceeds to take on this surfer persona. It's like, yeah, man, it's like totally radial. So Jesse's like, Joey, get out, please. I just, I need to be able to focus, and I can't do that with you here with Michelle. As soon as he closes the door, the door, the door on Joey, Jesse kind of tries this saying emphasize like totally radial and then he's like hmm does it work so jesse also again looking at sammy davis jr for like what do you think 
Mm, it's funny. So he does try it out just to see how it sounds. Jess, ah. you will not believe what Michelle just said. Poo-poo. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with me, Joseph. Jess, this kid is not all talk. First she said it, and then she did it. I called Danny at work. He said it's a sure sign that Michelle is ready for potty training. All right. High five, Michelle. High five. Yeah. <laughs> so, how's the tire jingle coming? Ah, uh, Joseph, I've lost it, man. I'm all dried up. I got jingle block. Yeah, it's lighting up. It'll come to you. Hey, look, Michelle, a picture of a tire. Look. Isn't that a cool tire? Huh? Yeah, it's like totally radial, dude. Get up. Go. Get up. Bye bye. Totally radial, dude. Totally radial. You think? It's funny. Totally radial. It's kind of hooky, actually. Totally radial. So we're going to jump across the hall to DJ and Stephanie's room. Stephanie's setting out little uh, teacups, saucers on the table. Harry, who we later learn is playing Master of the Universe. It looked like he was just playing army or something or war or whatever you want to call it. Because he's pretty, he's shooting a gun and then he pretends he takes a hit and then he flops down. Oh, you got me. <sighs> Stephanie stands over here and says, Master of the Universe, your tea is ready. I mean, I think Master of the Universe, that's like, that's like He-Man and Skeletor and stuff like that. I thought, He-Man had a sword. I don't think he ever had a gun. And I watched He-Man. Maybe not as much as Thundercats, but... Could anyone else other than me not stand Snarf from Thundercats? Oh, couldn't stand him as a kid. Couldn't stand him as an adult watching reruns. I'm just like, Snarf, please. Nobody asked for you. I know every hero needs a sidekick, but please. Take out Snarf and put in Donkey from Shrek. Now that would be an interesting Thundercats episode. I would pay to watch that. Oh, well, excuse me, Harry, I didn't know. He says, as he stands up, well, I'm not Master of the Universe anymore, I'm G.I. Joe. Didn't you notice when I changed from a sword to a gun? <laughs> Harry, with the hands on the hips, he's like, oh, and by the way, G.I. Joe doesn't drink tea. And Stephanie says, he does when he plays with me. Sorry. Like, basically... My house, my rules. You're drinking tea, or you can go home. Oh, she said, she, <laughs> like how she literally gets right in Harry's face. Like, they're, like, nose-to-nose, -nose practically. And she says, he does when he plays house with me. Oh, they're playing house. Oh, I love to play house as a kid. House, school, which is really weird because I play in the summer. Come on, kids of the 80s and 90s. I know you guys played house. I know you you must have played school at one point. And Harry says, Ugh, got it, Chief. As much as I see their friends, I do feel that Stephanie is the dominant friend where she's pretty much 
telling Harry, hey, this is what you're going to, when you're over at my house, we're going to play what I want to play. When I come over to your house, we'll play whatever you want to play. <laughs> I always laugh at this. Stephanie, as Harry goes to sit down, so she says, sweet low Joe. <laughs> and they both drink tea, you invisible tea. And then they both immediately clutch hand to throat. Like, oh, this tea is poison! And they walk around, like, stumbling around. And they both fall on DJ's bed. Oh, here comes DJ in her karate gi with a purple belt. She's got her hair tied back, which, of course, I'm sure if you're in karate, you got to have your hair tied back. It's not going to help you being in your face. Same thing with soccer, another thing. It's like, you're going to want to have your hair pulled back. You're not going to be seeing anything if your hair is, like, in front of your face, where you can't see it. Like, it's a curtain hanging down. So, DJ's riding high off that karate energy. She's, oh, I'm off my bed, nerd bombers. I just got done with karate class, and I am pumped. And she proceeds to do some type of karate resting move. Yeah, she thrusts her fist back and forth in a and then she does some interesting movement with her hands like she's pretending her hands are like the rising sun or I don't know what that's supposed to be. I didn't I never saw Mr. Miyagi or Daniel Sun or anyone on Cobra Kai do any move like that. Their moves are more fluid and practiced. And their skills skills are very honed. Well, it just seems like, okay, so we go from the karate to the soccer. Here we go. Stephanie with the dig, as she says, oh, DJ, you're just jealous because I have a boyfriend and you don't. And Harry, this comes as news to Harry because he's like, boyfriend? I'm not your boyfriend. And Stephanie, again, gets in his face and says, sure you are. You're a boy, and you're my friend. That makes you my boyfriend. Yeah, before we get to that, though, DJ says, you're dreaming, Stephanie. You don't have a boyfriend. And Stephanie says, oh, it just so happens I do. And DJ asks her, who? And I like how Stephanie says, him. Oh my gosh, the look of fear on Harry's face when Stephanie point thumbs at, at him, like him. He's like, me? And she says, yeah, you're a boy, you're my friend. That makes you my boyfriend. And he again with a, got it, chief. Buddy, this is not a healthy friendship. Uh, Stephanie, you need to pull back the reins because this is not healthy. One thing to say, hey, it's my house, this is what I want to play. It's another thing to be, like, bossing Harry around, ordering him around. So they sit back down at the table, and Stephanie's like, more tea, soldier? Both again, hand to throat, pretend to choke. Blood's poisoned! And DJ looks at this and says, I'm never having kids. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> you will have three boys. And they will... Two of them will live in the room you're living in right now. Master of the universe, your tea is ready. I'm not 
Master of the Universe anymore. I'm G.I. Joe. And G.I. Joe doesn't drink tea. He does when he plays house with me. Got it, Chief. Sweet and low, Joe. Danny comes in the door, calling for Joey. He's got a box tucked under his arm. And Joey comes in and is like, Danny, what's up? And Danny asks, where's my baby daughter? Where, Where's my little genius? Where's Michelle? I can't wait until she sees this. Because it's a little baby potty. Oh, and <laughs> Joey says, oh yeah, last time I saw Madame Curie, she was looking swash off the high chair. She's taking a nap, which is probably what she should be doing in the middle of the afternoon. Latest high-tech potty for the 80s. Uh, I can say it looks pretty basic, which it would have been. I can only imagine the potties that they have nowadays are so high-tech that you could connect them to your phone or something to that there I swear there's got to be something it's 2023 Danny says it's Japanese it's state-of-the-art it's digital so you can set a timer to see how long it takes her to go I guess must have been the most high-tech thing in the late 80s was a baby potty with a timer on it and damn it joey is having the same realization that becky has when nikki and alex start potty training although they don't use oh wait a minute no they did have baby potties for them because becky says oh you mean he actually used a baby potty not like a hat but joey says yeah pretty soon michelle will be off to school like slow your roll there joe you got a few years yet before she heads off to school. At least a couple years. And Danny says, meeting boys. We aren't ever going to see that because Michelle is nine years old when the show ends. We don't get to see her hit her preteen years or teenage years. We don't even really get to see Stephanie hit her tail end teenage years. Because Stephanie is like 13, 14 when the show ends. Going to prom, getting married. I don't think she's married in Fuller House. She's too busy running a fashion empire. 
And Joey looks at Danny and says, you know, we ought to think about having another one. And Danny just kind of looks at Joey like, no. Well, gosh, this is, again, it's the same conversation that Jesse and Joey have when Jesse remarks how Becky and he think that the boys are growing up so fast. They just started potty training. We miss having babies around because Scruffy the pig has entered the picture temporarily while they're pig-sitting while Stephanie and Michelle are pig-sitting. And then Jesse's like, I want to have a baby. Because Joey also, hey, you think we could do that? I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't see why not. The timing is right. <laughs> because we also, Becky has the same realization when the boys end up getting their first haircuts. Like, first it's potty training, then it's the haircut, then they're shaving, then they're getting their license, then they're getting graduating high school and going to college and getting married and then we'll move out we'll never see them like well i don't know about i don't know about never seeing them because these kids are not graduating from college they drop out to run a fish taco truck spoiler alert for fuller house joey joey yeah what is it where's michelle where is my little genius? Well, last time I saw Madame Curie, she was licking squash off the high chair. Just <laughs> take a nap. Look at this. The latest high-tech potty. It's Japanese, it's state-of-the-art, and it's digital. Wow, it's all happening so fast. Potty training. Pretty soon Michelle will be off to school. Meeting boys. Going to the prom, getting married. You know, we ought to think about having another one. So I'm kind of seeing as far as where we have come in the last like 30 plus years in regards to baby toilets. There are some that are even travel baby toilets, so that way if you need to stop somewhere, use a public restroom, you could use that. More sanitary. There are some that, of course, fit on the toilet. There's some that have a little step involved because it sits on the regular toilet. We also have one here that is Fisher Price Learn to Flush Potty, which looks really, really cute. It plays music. It makes a flushing sound to keep the kids entertained. And also the seat can be removed and placed on a toilet seat. So, All right, so Jesse comes back and he sold that jingle and he says... Joey, it's all thanks to you. And Jesse says, basically the jingle is, it's totally radial at Fred's tire town. So, so, exactly. See, he was stressing so much that just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Because there, radio time, it's just a quick little jingle and explains exactly what they're advertising. Danny's like, wow, totally radio. That's really clever, Jesse. And Jesse, I love how he gives Joey credit. He's like, well, don't don't thank me. It's all thanks to Joey. Joey's the one who came up with it. So Jesse made $800. Of course, he's giving half of that to Joey because Joey inspired him and thought of the idea. I love, honestly, that he's giving Joey credit. And, of course, he says, wow, Jess, that's very, very generous of you. And what's more important is, as he hands the check back, that I get it in cash. <laughs>
And Joey says, you know, I'm glad that I can help you out, Jess. And Jesse's like, you did more than that, Joey. You got me out of my jingle slump. So this is kind of where the J&J Creative Services is kind of born when Jesse asks Joey, like, hey, why don't we team up and maybe we can come up with another winner? Before that, though, Jesse says, I almost feel like hugging you as Joey puts his arms out. And Jesse says, almost. Danny is excited at the fact that Jesse and Joey came up with something together. It's like, hey, guys, this is great. Let's celebrate. Let's go out for non-fat frozen yogurt. Isn't frozen yogurt basically just ice cream? And Jesse says, before we do that, Danny, though, put a pin in it because I got some more good news. The agency actually is giving me a chance, a shot at a national commercial. That is really cool. So basically, Jesse, this is Jesse. He's working for an agency. That's how he got this one gig lined up. So a national commercial, that's big time. Kitty Crispy's cat food. And Jesse says, you know, and it's got to be funny and everything like that. So, uh, and I like how he's like, so, uh, Joey, uh, do you, uh, maybe got any free time? Maybe you'd like to kind of work on this with me? I mean, unless you've got something else going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he says, hey, maybe you and I could become, you know, partners. And Joey's like, yes, 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 a hundred times yes. And of course... It's like, Joey, Joey, at first, I don't know. It's like, Joey, come on, man. Come on, Joey. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, of course I will. And Jesse says, great, because I really need you on this jingle. We got Joey with the comedy side. We got Jesse with the, the music. It's, it's a, such a great duo. Tells Joey, this is a thing that can make my career take off. Well, yeah, I know, definitely. It's like you get your name out there and, and some of these ads and everything like that and get your sound out there maybe other doors will open at some point you know yeah you gotta start somewhere that's all it takes is one person to say yes and for one person to take interest joey says yeah we'll make a great team and jesse says yeah like uh we'll be like butch and and the sundance and Joey says, great, can I be Butch? And Jesse says, mm, not, not in that shirt. Joey is wearing a multicolor looking paint splatter with, you got your, your fuchsia, your teal, your light blue, your yellow. It just looks like a hodgepodge throwing paint at a canvas type of shirt. Which is, in season one and two, that is definitely the go-to for Joey. Jess, that is very generous of you. You know what's really important to me is that I get it in cash. I'm glad I can help you. Did more than that, you snapped me out of my jingle slump. Almost feel like hugging you. Almost. <laughs> you know, this is so great. Guys, listen to me. We should celebrate. Let's all go out for non-fat frozen yogurt. <laughs> 
before we get down and get totally funky, there's one more piece of good news. The, uh, the agency's giving me a shot at a national commercial. It's this thing for Kitty Crispy's cat food. I gotta come up with a funny type jingle thing. So, Joey, if uh, you have a little time and we'd like to uh, do a little work together, maybe, uh, I don't know, and then I could become... Yes! Partners? Yes! You wanna do it, Joey? I don't know. Get out, Joey! Of course I will. All right, good, man, because I really need you on this jingle. This is the thing that can make my career take off. We'll make a great team. Yeah, we'll be like, uh, we'll be like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, huh? Great, can I be Butch? Not in that shirt. <laughs> Okay, so Danny is in the bathroom on the floor with Michelle. He's showing her an example of Polly Potty sitting on a little toy potty. Basically, this is how it's done, Michelle. You're going to be doing this for your entire life. And then he shows her... I guess there's also a little bell on the baby potty as well as the digital timer. He also informs her that... She'll get a cookie if she goes to the bathroom on the baby potty. She's wearing a hat that's got a bunch of flower stickers on it that I'm guessing goes inside that baby potty. Because she puts it in her head and says, hat. <laughs> and Danny says, no, bad hat. No. Now, Michelle, with any luck, this is something you'll be doing the rest of your life. <laughs> now watch closely. Potty Polly sits down... And she makes the bell go ding ding. And then she gets a cookie. No, no, bad hat. Not a big hit in the Easter parade. So they're in Jesse's room since he's got the recording equipment and keyboard and everything set up. Jesse's suggest they try like maybe something a little reggae. Joey's holding the Kitty Crispy's cat food box. And Joey kind of impersonates a uh, reggae tone to the lyrics. So, yeah. <laughs> Joey tries it with that and Jesse's like, okay, hold on. Let's try something. We got that out of our system. Let's try something with like a little conga music. Joey starts jiving to the music, and Jesse's asking, do we like this music? Do we like this music? And Joey says, I think I threw my back out. <laughs> so Jesse says, all right, let's try to go back to our roots and throw in some rock and roll. The tune that Jesse starts pinging out on his, his keyboard. And Jesse says, oh, yeah, this music says cat food. They got the style. They just need to come up with lyrics. So here we go. Jesse says, all right, my partner, king of comedy, be funny. Wow, like you couldn't put a bunch of stress on a person. And Jesse, he is kind of putting pressure on Joey. He's like, look, Joey, you did really great with the Tony totally radio thing. I need you to be like that, but be cat food funny. So, the issue, I think Joey is going to say basically with the room, it's just it's too much. He says, let's go down to my basement apartment. There'll be more room. I can find inspiration there because Jesse can find inspiration. Well, that's the thing. Jesse couldn't really find inspiration there. That's why Joey had helped him out.
Joey's trying to come up with jokes like, uh, a cat walks into a bar, uh, a priest, a rabbi, and a cat in a rowboat. And, and Jesse's like, Joey, that, that, that's not funny. And Joey's like, I, it's not me. It's, it's, it's the room, basically. Joey's not in his element. He needs to be in his element to get inspiration. Because he looks, Joey looks at the, the poster of Sammy Davis Jr. on the back of Jesse's door and says, it's, it's like working at a telethon. And Joey's like, we need a funny room. Well, hey, we'll go to my room. That's a funny room. And Jesse's like, okay, whatever gets you there, we'll, we'll do that. All right, let's, uh, let's try some different musical styles. Let's do a little reggae boy. Oh, yeah, man, yeah. One, two, three, four. Deo, ah. With the cat food every day. Ah, la, 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 yeah. All right, we got that out of our system. We got that, man. Right, let's try a little, uh, like a conga thing, like a thing, 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 like this. That's it. Do we like this music? Do we like this music? I think I threw my back up. All right, all right, come on, man. Let's get back to our roots. Let's get a little rock and roll going here, like, uh, kind of like a... Yeah. Oh, Big Daddy, now this music says cat food. All right, good. Good. That's the style. That's the style. That's the motif. Now what we need are some words. Me, my partner happens to be the king of comedy. Ready, Joey? Be funny. Hey, what a great audience. So, where are you from? <laughs> oh, cut it out. Get out of here. Come on, Joey. I need, I need like, um, like something catchy, like, like this totally radio thing you got for me, right? But I need to be cat food funny. Okay, ready? Be funny. Okay, cats. Funny cat food. Funny cats, funny cats. Funnier, funnier. Uh, two cats walk into a bar. Uh, take my cat, please. A priest, a rabbi, and a cat are sitting in a rowboat. Joey, that's not funny. It's not me, it's it's the room. It's uh, it's like working a telethon. We need a funny room. We'll go to my room. My room is the funny room. So, Harry and Stephanie are in the kitchen. They're eating what looks like orange cream popsicles and apparently this was an ice cream race because immediately after they've taken a bite they get what and I like to know the whole brain freeze thing when it comes to eating ice cream too fast because they both put their hand to their head like ow 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 and Harry says, ice cream rice, bad idea. Okay, so, the question, why does ice cream cause brain freeze? Brain freeze is also known as ice cream headache, which I've heard it either or, ice cream headache. Cold stimulus headache, uh, it is a short-term headache typically linked to the rapid consumption of ice cream, ice pops, or very cold drinks. Brain freeze occurs when something extremely cold touches the upper palate, roof of the mouth. It typically happens when the weather is very hot and the in individual consumes something cold too fast. It is thought to be caused by rapid constriction of the blood vessels and the roof of the mouth. Palate, in quotes. Cures mo Cures commonly involve warming the roof of the mouth to prevent this rapid constriction and release the or relieve the headache. Which yeah, if you're gonna eat ice cream, don't 
do not eat it too fast. Honestly, have a little, let it kind of sit there, warm up in your mouth, and then swallow it. Odds are, I think that would definitely help. Speaking of uh, pop and stuff, have you ever drinking a cold pop and then you have like the carbonation like go up your nose to the point where you either start coughing and it almost feels like you've taken on water like you're and I'm, I've, I've had that happen where I'll like drink something and it'll the carbonation or something will go up my nose and it almost feels like your head's been dunked on underwater like you take you like swallowed you know what I mean yeah, it's not, it's not an enjoyable feeling. So Joey and Jesse come down saying, funny room, funny room. Everyone's going to the funny room. As they run down the stairs to Joey's basement apartment, Jesse's got the keyboard and it's playing that same note to it. And Harry says, I love coming here. My guess is because it's always, I mean... You look at this family, sure it's kooky, sure they get into goofy situations, but it's always a fun time. And you can see why Kimmy and, and Harry love coming over there, because it's probably, especially Harry's house, I can imagine there's like, a, could very well be, yeah, because he even says in one episode, I'm not even allowed to eat in my living room, you know, because they probably eat around the table and stuff like that. But... It just seems like at the Tanner house, anything goes. If you want to take your shoes off, you can. If you don't take your shoes off, it's not a big deal. It just it just seems like it's always a fun time. And after again, after Harry says, I love coming here, Stephanie like pats him on the arm. Oh boy, here we go. DJ is not happy. Because the two ice pops, orange cream popsicles that Harry and Stephanie are eating have been labeled on on the on the wrappers because they're supposed to be for DJ and Kimmy. It's almost like she looks like she's going over to get them because then she turns and notices Harry and Stephanie says, Stephanie, I was saving those ice cream bars for me and Kimmy. They're mine. And Sarah so said, I don't see your name on them. And <laughs> DJ, for reference, grabs the rappers and says, see, right here in black Sharpie. DJ, Kimmy. Oh, Stephanie, you're always doing this. Why? Yeah, because <laughs> she says, so they don't have your name on them. And DJ says, yes, they do. As she hands the rapper to Stephanie. And Stephanie's like, well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. Because she wants the rapper back as Stephanie says, oh, here you go, DJ. Yeah, because she really wants the rapper back now that you've eaten it. Oh, my God. She she gives. <laughs> Stephanie just assumes, like, oh, here you go with the wrapper and the ice cream bar. Yes, because she wants it after you've nibbled on it. I don't think so. DJ, I think, is blowing this way out of proportion. She says, oh, you're always running my stuff. I warned you, and now I'm going to get you back. And she threatens, she says, you won't know when it's coming and you won't know how it's coming, but it's coming. And after DJ leaves, Stephanie turns to Harry and says, now you can you see why she doesn't have a boyfriend? I don't think Harry ever intended to give his back. Like, nah, 
Her beef's with Stephanie. I'm fine. Perry just nods. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I see it. So now Jesse and Joey, they're in Joey's basement apartment. They're in the funny room. Joey's warming up with different impressions. Daffy Duck, Rocky and Bullwinkle. And Jesse hands Joey the cat food box. All right, great. Go ahead. Think cat food now. Joey, right off the bat, inspiration. A duet. A guy sings with his cat. And Jesse's like, all right, Joey, that's really good. All right, where do we go from there? This is such a, I just, I love this jingle. Uh, Jesse applies some music to it, and Joey starts saying, well, I went to my cat the other day. And Joey's like, wait, 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 I got it. You'll be the guy, I'll be the cat. And Joey said, Jesse tells him, oh, I love that. That's great, Joey. Give me more. And then Joey adds, at the presentation, I'll sing in a cat voice. And Jesse says, oh, I love that. And and when we go in there, I'll wear a cat suit. And Jesse immediately tells her, I hate that. Don't do it, please. Because even though, I mean, it's for cat food, but still, you have to have some level of professionalism. He's like, just seriously, look, I can get a cat costume, okay? My friend was in a Broadway play. Oh, what was the name of it? And Jesse says, cats? Joey says, yeah, that's it. And the thing is, Jesse explains to Joey, Joey, look, we tomorrow morning we're going into a presentation. We're giving a presentation to a very important advertising agency. So, yeah, this is the big time for Jesse. You can either make this or break it. And it all depends on how Joey is going to, whether he's going to work with Jesse or whether he's going to go in his own direction. Yes, and Jesse tells him it's now it's going to be a room full of serious suits and ties. Let me tell you, these people are all over the age of 50. They look like they've never laughed or smiled a day in their life. It's ice cold room. And Jesse also tells you, like, look, we can't go in there acting like amateurs. Trust me. Yeah, trust me, I'm a professional, Joey. I'd be like, yes, a professional sold two jingles. One with Joey's help. Joey says, hey, trust me, I am a professional too, as he pours some cat food into the palm of his hand and just starts gnashing on it. And Joey's trying to reason with Jesse, saying, look, they want a funny jingle. Let's go in there and be funny. Jesse rips the box of cat food out of Joey's hand and says, Joey, 
no cat suit. And Joey tries to write, like, oh, okay, let's compromise. How about it just ears and a tail? And Jesse gets there, he calls Joey Joseph, says, Joseph, this is not a joke, okay? You look me in the eye, and you promise me no cat suit. And Joey just says, I promise, no cat suit. I'm surprised his bottom lip isn't jutting out in a sad puppy dog face. Ah, Joey just keeps flushing. He's like, okay, so I guess a six foot ball of yarn is out of the question. I love your Spartacus. That's funny. Here, think cat food. Okay, okay. I got it. A duet. A guy sings with his cat. It's good, Joey. That's good. All right, let me give you a little music here so it goes like, uh. Well, I went to my cat the other day. Wait! You'll be the guy. I'll be the cat. Love it. And when we make the presentation, I'll sing in a cat voice. Love it. And when we go in there, I'll wear a cat suit. I hate it. Come on, partner. I can get a cat costume. My friend was in a Broadway play. What the heck was the name of it again? <laughs> Cats. That's the one. Joseph, tomorrow morning, we're going in to make a presentation to a very important advertising agency. That's going to be a room full of serious suits and ties. Can't go in there acting like amateurs. Trust me, I'm a professional. Hey, trust me, I am a professional too. Jess, they want a funny jingle. Let's go in there and be funny. <laughs> Give me that. No cat suit. How about just ears and a tail? Joseph, this is no joke now. You look me in the eye and you promise me no cat suit. I promise no cat suit. Thank you. So I guess the six-foot ball of yarn is out of the question. So now we're at the meeting for the pitch for the Kitty Krispies commercial or ad. I'm guessing that Joey and Jesse drove separately because Jesse is now waiting for Joey to get there. And it's not off to a good start. We see the group of people here. We have... Uh, couple people of color, two ladies, um, an older gentleman with a bow tie, and two They literally are just... They're too serious looking. And I just, I don't like it. This, the air of the room just feels cold and crisp. Like, they wouldn't crack a smile... Or they look like they'd never laughed in their life. And Jesse is just sort of like, oh, can I freshen your coffee? Sharpen your pencils? And Jesse says, uh, yeah, you look like a happy crowd. Yeah, it just, it feels like this is the first time he's going up against, you know, because this is an actual, like, company company. I don't know whether Fred's tire town was just a couple guys or whether he didn't even meet with them. He just gave it to the agency that he's getting work for and they handed it to him. So yeah, I, he's just, he's, he's nervous. This is kind of a make or break kind of situation for him. And Joey being late, is not helping. 
So the door opens and a secretary leads Joey in, who is also in a suit. Jesse's wearing kind of a burgundy-ish, brownish suit. It's more, yeah, it's kind of a mixture of that. So Jesse says, oh, hi, this is my partner in advertising. This is Joey Gladstone. Just kind of getting the introductions out of the way, also saying how he and Joey have worked long and hard on this campaign that he feels has strong consumer appeal. There's also a red little boombox. Joey brought in a briefcase. We see on an easel, it looks like there is a, that looks like it's a Big Mac picture on an easel with some other type of food product. Okay, again I say, I've never been a fan of tinted glasses of the eyeglasses of the 80s, and I am still not a fan. The, I believe the man with the bow tie is wearing tinted glasses. Ugh, what appeal does that give? Oh, Joey, <laughs> this is so cute. It's a white and gray cat that's got a monocle and a little red suit that goes just below the chest area. And he's wearing a little black hat. It's so cute. Joey is not dressed as a puppet, but he's wearing a puppet on his hand, which Jesse did not want that. He didn't want Joey to wear a puppet cat costume. He didn't want to see one on his hand. Joey, uh, J Jesse just feels this. Joey's just kind of bombarding him. I'm pretty sure before they, the night before, they went over exactly what they were going to do. And Jesse says, a cat puppet? And then he's, you know, I realize, like, this group of six people is looking at him. And Jesse just tries to play it off, like, yeah, a cat puppet. That's right. Jesse's got one hand on the puppet, like he's ready to yank that off of Joey's hand. Just, ugh. Not what we rehearsed the night before. Bye. should be here any moment. But in the meantime, can I get you folks anything? Uh, brush up your coffee? Sharpen your pencils. <laughs> yeah, you look like a happy crowd. Right this way, Mr. Gladstone. Oh, good. Hi, hi. Uh, this is my partner, Joseph Gladstone. Hi, nice to meet you. Great. My partner and I have worked long and hard to come up with a campaign that we feel has strong consumer appeal. May I present? <laughs> Cat puppet. So Jesse says, Joseph, we, we have to talk. And it's, uh, they are, they, <laughs> yeah, they've already lost this campaign. They've already lost this agency is not going to want to go. They're not prepared. They're being very unprofessional. And Joey says, right after a word from Kitty Krispies. So I'm just going to play the clip here and then we'll talk about it in a minute. I think uh, you and I have to have a talk. Right after this word from Kitty Krispies. No. Oh, well, I went to my cat the other day and asked him what he'd like to eat. He said, pick that junk you're feeding me. How about a brand new treat? He said, I'm sick of that junk you're feeding me. How about a brand new treat? 
So I went to the supermarket to find that special blend. Cause I'm finding the most kitty crispies, man. And I'll be your best friend. He said, find me those kitty crispies, man. And I'll be your best friend. <laughs> Joey! Okay, so <laughs> Jesse does his best to play along with this surprise at Joey. I mean, the thing is, they must have rehearsed this in front of Danny and the girls the night before, because how else would Jesse know the lyrics that they've come up with? And Joey just, he goes off the rails. He's like taking the cat puppet and just poking in between the people sitting at the table. He's even goes so far as to take the puppet and rub it on this balding man's head, just like he's like shining his head. And it's just really and, and Jesse's like going behind Joey, just trying to straighten the guy's hair and this and that. And they finish the song. It's like, mm. <laughs> they did not get that. You really ruined Jesse's chance now, Joey. Told you to be professional, to take it seriously, and this is the worst thing you could have done. So you know that an argument and a fight is brewing now on that jar. That has got to be the most uncomfortable. Well, again, I feel maybe they did drive separately would be my guess. Because, again, if they didn't, why would Jesse be waiting for Joey unless Joey's been in the bathroom the whole time? So now we get back to the house and Danny is chasing toddler Michelle around saying come here you little food processor so I'm sure she's pretty burnt out on potty training because he probably every second that he can as he takes her up there like come on Michelle you must have to go you ate a bunch of ice cream and baby food and this and that I mean clearly she's eating solid food at this point so I would think the more you push the more the kid is gonna resist like oh you want me to do this no I'm not doing this I'll do it in my own time thank you so Danny reveals his plans for Michelle. Michelle, all I want is for you to be happy, get good grades, get into an Ivy League school, Ivy League college. And he tells her, you know, of course, most major universities do want you to be potty trained first. Well, here's DJ's payback. As Stephanie comes down the stairs trailing her tied shoes that are tied together. She's like, she says, Daddy, look what DJ did in my shoes. Basically knotted all the laces together. Oh, it's like a train of shoes. DJ comes down and says, oh, I did it for your own good. I'm like, come on, DJ. All she did was eat a couple of orange cream pops. It's not a big deal. Could have had her chip in her allowance to buy another box. But tying her shoes, Stephanie's got a lot of shoes for a seven-year-old. But I love Stephanie's hot chocolate shirt. I think that is going to be the best outfit of the episode. I love how Stephanie says, all right, Danny, 
And then the count of three. On your mark, get set, punish. And DJ comes at him with, Dad, look, she's always messing with my stuff, okay? I had to teach her a lesson. I'm like, did you? Did you? Really? That's the lesson you're teaching your sister. And Danny's like, all right, girls, look, I'll take it from here. All right, Stephanie, look. <laughs> you need to treat each other's property with respect. Property, they were ice cream bars. Give me a break. Did she buy? Neither of those girls bought those ice cream bars, okay? Those were up for grabs for anybody. And what's to say that if Stephanie hadn't gotten to him, Joey probably would have. Because you know that Joey loves junk food just as much as the kids do. And Danny also says, DJ, in this family, we do not tie together each other's shoes. <laughs> but he has, unless there's some kind of weird emergency. Oh, so like basically if one of them has to climb out their window to the ground, just tie the shoes together. So both girls are like, okay, sure. And they walk away from each other. And Danny says, uh, what's a rule in this house? What's our rule after we fight? And they say, never walk away angry. Oh, yeah, he basically forces them to apologize to each other. I'd be like, okay, wait a minute, let's take two. Turn and face each other and apologize and maybe mean it. And Danny tells DJ to help Stephanie untie her shoes. He probably knotted them really good that even with or without fingernails, it's going to be. Get a, get a fork, get a fork, use the tie of the fork to be able to get the knot. I mean, that, to me, it's less likely that you're going to accidentally hurt yourself so you're not using... Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Just, oh, let me get some scissors and start cutting the laces. You're going to have to buy new laces for all those shoes. But Michelle interrupts saying, poo-poo. And Danny thinks like, oh, it's a sign. Get her up there. Get her up to the baby potty. So he's like, hey, Michelle, uh, why don't we just go upstairs, you know, sit down on the potty you and uh you know thumb through some college catalogs i mean if she's saying that then clearly she's got a ghost at least she's letting him know like hey i don't want to do the diaper thing anymore i'm more than ready to use the baby potty just in not so many words because she's a baby harvey wonders if he was the same way with dj and stephanie definitely with DJ Stephanie, I don't know, because it just feels like with Stephanie, you've already went through your first with DJ, and then Michelle is kind of like, these are the last firsts that you'll ever experience because you are not planning on having any more kids. As Danny goes upstairs, Stephanie says, holding up her shoes, okay, DJ, you heard the man, untie my shoes. And DJ clarifies, no, Stephanie. The man said, help you tie your shoes. Start with the one you're holding and work your way through. <laughs> oh, yeah, she says, here's some help. Start with the little white sneaker. And Stephanie adds, you have to help untie them, too. And DJ says, oh, no, I don't. I'm like, uh, Danny said you do, so get cracking. You each start at one end, you work your way to the middle. Boom. It'll take you maybe five minutes. They start arguing, yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Right as Joey and Jesse come in saying, yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Uh, come here, you little food processor. <laughs> I got you. 
Uh, don't worry. No more potty training today. All I really want is for you to be happy, get good grades, and get into an Ivy League college. <laughs> of course, most major universities do want you to be potty trained. <laughs> Give me a kiss. Joey and Jesse continue arguing in the kitchen, and Joey asks, why are you blaming me for this? All right, they just decided to go in a different direction. Thank you very much, but we're going in another direction. We're choosing another way. And Jesse's furious because, really, this is something that was offered to him, and he asked Joey for his help, and I'm not blaming Joey, but... And then Jesse says, yeah, that's basically put your puppet where the sun don't shine. I mean, clearly, Jesse and Joey do get more opportunities to succeed in the advertising business. And Joey's trying to defend himself, saying, hey, look, I took a risk, okay? I dared to be silly. Well, the thing is, I think Jesse, with the whole, let's be funny, I like that aspect, that sounds really good. But the thing is... And, and Jesse even went, like, hey, look, these are serious, serious people. Their odds are they probably aren't going to go for... You know, it's another thing, like, with the Joey, Jesse, or Joey and Stacy and Oh Yeah, Jesse episode. And Jesse kind of striking out with the pitch that they were going to show. And then Joey kind of comes up with a curveball with an extra pitch on the side. Wouldn't hurt it to have two. Wouldn't hurt, you know, you could have one that was kind of a fun approach. And then you also could have had a more serious one. 
But maybe that was the direction that Jesse had gotten from his boss. You're saying, this is the client. This is kind of around the ballpark of what they're expecting in a pitch. So Jesse could have been misled a little bit. But again, honestly, I would always, if I were doing this, I would have at least two different options. So that way, if one doesn't work, you can always say, okay, well, Let's give this other one a try and see if maybe we can come at it from a different angle. But Jesse is angry because he feels, you know, Joey promised he would not be silly. He would not bring a cat. He wouldn't. And he didn't wear a cat suit, but he brought a cat puppet. And Jesse's just like, you said you were going to be serious with this. You know, that's why I asked you to do this with me. Well, the thing is, the first time around, he just used Joey's idea. He didn't bring Joey with him to present it. So why did he feel the need that he had to bring Joey along this other time? I think he just, Jesse just jumped the gun like, hey, we're partners. Let's do this. Not to mention, now that I think about it, Jesse having Joey's a partner is like, did you clear that with your boss? Because I'm sure he's like, wait, wait a minute, who's this other guy? I'm not paying him. I'm paying you. Joey just trying to defend himself, like, hey, I promised I did not wear a cat puppet. And Jesse's like, no, you wore one on your hand. Oh, and by the way, you stabbed me in the back with it. The thing that I don't like is the fact that Joey is saying this is not a big deal. Jesse specifically told you this is a shot for him, for a big company, for a boss that he works for that's giving him these opportunities. He's basically testing Jesse to say, okay, he, he, he did really well. He hit, he hit it out of the ballpark twice. That's really, really good. Let's give you an opportunity with a bigger, you know, national commercial, a bigger brand. And Joey coming along saying, oh, it's not a big deal that you didn't get this. He says, Jesse, seriously, this isn't. Something else is irritating you. What is it? Because it's not this. It's like, no, it is this. Jesse put his music career aside so he could work on this new venture. I mean, he still has music involved, but he's not creating, um, you know, songs and stuff. But still, it's like, Joey, you knew how serious this was. Yeah, and Jesse just kind of pushes this a little far. As he says, my problem is I'm living in the same house with you. And Joey's shocked by this. He's like, well, what's that supposed to mean? And Jesse says, maybe we don't need three fathers. And of course, DJ and Stephanie are overhearing this entire fight. They're, of course, now worried that one of them is going to move out. The thing is, Jesse did not have to go this way. He could have easily said, Joey, you know, I asked you on to help me with this. And maybe that wasn't the best idea. Again, you could have just used Joey's idea. You did not need to bring him to the presentation with you because you didn't do it the last time and you ended up, ended up getting it. Oh, yeah, two, my two dads get to mention. Because Jesse says, have you seen my two dads? Two is all you need. DJ and Stephanie poke their heads in the kitchen door. As they hear this fighting. And both Jesse and Joey are like, alright, fine with me, fine with me. They act like Jesse and Joey are getting divorced. That's not the thing. Jesse is turning this into something completely more than what it is. 
I'm surprised that Joey didn't fire back. You know what, Jesse? Don't ask me for your help next time because I won't be there. Both Jesse and Joey. Joey goes downstairs to his basement apartment. And Joey or Jesse goes to head upstairs to his room. However, the baby gates are in the way, so they need to step over them. But I do like that this show is promoting child safety with the baby gates at the stairs. When I think about it, there isn't a baby gate going up the stairs to in the living room at all. So you got a baby gate, which makes the most sense, honestly. Especially for Joey's, because Michelle could easily toddle over there and just slip and just fall down the stairs. Why do I get all the blame for this, huh? They said, thank you very much, but we're going another way, which is advertising lingo for put your puppet where the sun don't shine. <laughs> I took a risk. I dared to be silly. Why didn't you tell me before you dared to be silly? Man, you promised me. I kept my promise. I did not wear a cat suit. You wore a cat suit on your hand. Stab me in the back with it. Jess, this is not that big a deal. You're not really mad at me. There's something else bothering you. So what is your problem? Really? My problem is I'm living in the same house with you. And just what is that supposed to mean? Maybe it means we don't need three fathers. Haven't you ever seen that show, My Two Dads? Two is all you need. <laughs> all right, fine with me. Fine with me. Fine. 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 Ridiculous. So, Stephanie and DJ go back into the living room, and Stephanie's concerned. She asks DJ, oh, they sounded really mad. Are they going to get a divorce? Stephanie, you can only get a divorce if you're married. It would be more like, is one of them going to move out? I, I, no, this is a thing where they're just, Jesse said this in anger. He's frustrated. And DJ tells Stephanie, not if we get them to make up. And DJ says, okay, Steph, you get Uncle Jesse and I'll get Joey and we'll all meet back in our room. Stephanie actually compliments uh, DJ saying, oh, you have such a brilliant, you are like a genius, DJ. Yeah, it's such a brilliant mind. If only you could use it for good as she holds up her tennis shoe. DJ, they sound really mad. Are they going to get a divorce? Not if we get them to make up. You get Uncle Jesse and I'll get Joey. We'll all meet back in our room. You'd have a great mind, DJ. If you could only use it for good. So, Stephanie has Jesse checking for monsters in the closet in the daytime. And DJ brings Joey into the bedroom as he says, I don't believe you broke a window. No, you would have heard that. Oh, yeah. As soon as Joey walks into the bedroom, DJ shuts the door. He goes over to the window and says, I don't believe it because it's not broken. No, that would come in season four. Okay, answer me this. Why is there a pop can on the inside of the closet shelf there? I remember in the trivia or goofs or whatever it is, continuity, saying something about the kids having something to drink so that way 
their mouths don't get dry or something because they're saying, I mean, because they film these, these scenes over and over just so that way they can burn through any mistakes or flubs in the line readings and the scene direction and everything. And Stephanie says, well, 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 look who's here. And Jesse says, well, 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 look who's leaving. And Joey adds, yeah, I'm out of here. Both Stephanie and DJ are blocking the door. And they both say, red light. And then they mention, we have a rule in this house. Never walk away angry. And Stephanie adds, so say you're sorry to each other, please. They, I mean, I can imagine they don't want to see anyone fighting. I mean, yes, the house isn't always going to be perfect as far as... Nobody can honestly be happy 24-7. I mean, not every in a, in a household. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be conflict. That's just how life is. That's just how people living under one roof are going to be at some point. Yeah, right. I'd say try again. Because they won't even look at each other like, sorry, sorry. Yeah, even DJ's like, that was pathetic. And Danny knocks on the door and says, oh, hey, I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but Michelle, he says, I think Michelle is on the verge of a major breakthrough. He rings the bell. And Danny's eyes bug. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're missing it. I don't believe you broke a window. I don't believe it. It's not broken. <laughs> under her arm and she's smiling and part of me is like if you didn't see it did it really happen because part of me feels like all she did was ring the bell I don't think she actually but then again family's happy it's a new milestone she's one diaper away she's uh, one step away from a diaper free world and them not having to worry about changing diapers anymore and I like how Jesse and Joey laugh about that. They're just so happy, this shared moment that they have. And Jesse comes like, oh, isn't that little pumpkin something? And Jess, uh, Joey says, yeah, I mean, did you see her with that little magazine? Was that cute or what? That, just, <laughs> that makes me think of when... Uh, Jesse was potty training Nikki and Alex, and Joey had given one of the twins, like, a newspaper or something. Like, here you go. You might need this. <laughs> Stephanie asks, 
does this mean you're not going to get a divorce? And Joey asked, like, a divorce? What are you talking about? And the girl said, well, you said there were too many dads here. And Jesse's surprised that they heard them fighting. Look, you live under the same roof. Your voices are going to carry. And DJ asked how we don't want anybody to leave. It's like, yeah, we already went through this last year when you left in the middle of the night. After only having been here for seven months. You can't have this house be a revolving door. So Joey tells them, okay, girls, we need to talk. And Jesse and Joey take the girls in, into the bedroom and sit them down. guys heard us fighting, huh? We don't want anybody to leave. Uh, we need to talk. So Jesse and Joey sit the girls down, and Joey assures them that nobody is leaving this house. And Jesse says, look, we just had a little fight. It's like, people do that. They have disagreements. I like that Jesse explains to them... How sometimes in the heat of the moment, you say things you don't really mean. And he says, you know, you girls understand this because you fight all the time. And DJ tells him, well, we're sisters. We're supposed to fight. Stephanie adds, it's our job. And Jesse says, you know, yeah, well, same with us. You know, we fight like brothers. And I think that is a sweet sentiment. I really like that. And Joey's... I can imagine a surprise, like, really, Jess, you think of me as a brother? Well, think about it. Jesse just, it was just him and Pam. He didn't have a, a little brother or an older brother. And Joey, who never had a sibling, it was just, you know, basically him and his mom. Because his dad was gone all the time in the army. So, I think it's just, this, this family, it's, it's such a good fit for Joey. That gives him, like, the real wholesome family that he feels like... He never had growing up. And just the sincerity of, you mean that? You think of me like a brother? And Jesse says, well, you definitely irritate me like a brother. And Joey says, Jess, that is the nicest thing you have ever said to me. And Jesse says, well, Joey, you help me raise these kids together. We do the laundry together. We make school lunches together. Somewhere, you know, along the line, we became brothers. Oh, I just love this. I love it so much. Jesse adds, and housewives. And Joey does apologize. He says, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about springing that puppet on you. Part of me feels, honestly, that even though Jesse is still a little inexperienced, is inexperienced, this is a new venture for him, I don't think that anyone's going to go good regardless. Those people were just some uh, stuffed shirt tie-wearing, non-smiling people. And I get it, you do have to have a level of professionalism, but the the temperature in that room was ice cold. It didn't look like they were going to be impressed by anything. And the reason Joey says he did the puppet thing is because he thought it would be a big hit. You know, I was, he says, I was trying to surprise you. Because, yeah, he went in there with being funny. That's kind of the angle that Jesse had 
told him, which again is probably the angle that Mr. Uh, Mr. Malatesta, you know, who will later learn is their boss in the advertising company, told them to kind of come at this with. Seen the cat food commercials with Morris the cat from Nine Live. You have the the white fluffy cat from Fancy Feast. You also got your Meow Mix. All these different cat food brands. Friskies is another one. I remember, and the thing is, when Joey was holding up the box of cat food, that really made me reminisce because. I don't think there are boxes of cat food anymore. It's all bags. And even the packaging in the bags I've noticed, because I buy one brand of cat food. It's the Purina Cat Chow for indoor cats. I bought it since Quinn was a year old, and she's been eating it for nine years. But, yeah, well, even when she was a kitten, I bought her a bag of kitten chow. And then I transitioned her over to the regular. But it just, when I was growing up and I had cats, there's a particular cat food that came in a box form that was called Dad's Cat Food. And I looked it up because I'm like, I know, I, I know that existed. And sure enough, it was something that I believe eventually became a discontinued Brand of cat food, probably in the early aughts. I'm kind of curious when cat food made the transition from even like in the 80s. It's like uh, in the movie Better Off Dead. They had a box of cat food. And it always seemed like the dog food was always in the bags, the cat food in, in the boxes. Yes, Joey, you definitely should have talked to Jesse about it first, because you did promise you would, you know, the cat suit thing. I promise I'm not doing that. But that's another thing of being prepared. The last thing you want to do is to go in there. You got two people. There's no communication. You got to be straightforward on exactly what you plan to do, because when Joey came in there with that, Jesse surprised. And that's how his reaction is. It makes them look like, oh, these two are prepared. They're amateurs. They don't know what they're doing. I can't take them seriously. I don't want to buy their pitch. Because it looks like they're not mature and they're not ready for something like this. So that's also probably another reason why they didn't go with them. It was a cute concept, but what Joey was trying to sell just seemed like something that would require, to me... It would probably require technology that hadn't existed just yet. Like, I could definitely see a CGI cat with a top hat and, you know, looking like a butler with a monocle and everything. And the kitty cats with the, um, that popped out of the briefcase with the mouth since, like, the backup dancers or whatever like that. That would be something. There is a Meow Mix commercial from probably years ago that they had... This party, and they had, like, a DJ cat, like, mixing the records and stuff. Like, it was it was a really, I honestly would love to just go online and just look at all the cat food commercials out there. Because there are some really good ones. And Jesse mentioned, no, Joey, I mean, it was cute. And then he, he does apologize. Like, I'm sorry for getting crazy, Joey. I really, I shouldn't have reacted that way.
And Jesse says, you know, Joey, there's uh, something else, too. I mean, you know when you asked me if there is something else bothering me? And Joey, Jesse tells him, you know, you're right. I, um, I'm scared. And this, yeah, I can imagine. This is, he's walking into this as, as a newbie. He's never really done this before, but a couple of times he's getting his feet wet. He set aside creating new music so he could focus on something that would give him a chance at exposure and a new for his music and himself and making a name for it. And I think that's great. And the thing is, this is the nineteen, the late eighties. He does not have a college degree in this, which it, and he's able to be part of an advertising. And at this point. We assume that Jesse graduated high school, but it's not till season six we find out that he didn't. Because in season four, and I'm bringing this up now, it's just he says they graduate tomorrow when he brings his motorcycle into the gymnasium. But the fact that they're taking him on this advertising company that he's working for, full on knowing he doesn't have a degree in this. And my guess is this is an entry level, no experience necessary position that he can gain experience and build a portfolio to be able to be able to have that experience. Because eventually, yes, <clears throat> this will drop away after season four once they've done, you know, Jane Joe Creative Services, they decide to break away from the agency and develop their own production company, which I think that's a great thing. I don't know if they, I don't think they would have been able to take any clients with them from Mr. Malatesta because they would have been signed on to an agency and not like a freelance, which is what Joey and Jesse are. It just feels like, I don't want to liken it to Jerry Maguire at all, but the fact that he is a sports agent that worked for a company, got let go, and decided to go out on his own and create his own name and his own brand and everything like that. And he was trying to pull his clients to go with him on this venture. Like, hey, I'm an independent contractor now. Will you still support me and work with me. Most of them didn't. I think only one person decided to stay with him, and that was Cuba Gooding Jr. Joey and the girls are baffled by Jesse saying that he's scared. Even Stephanie's like, you're scared? And Joey asks, scared of what? They see, I think in a way, it's like jo Jesse, the way he projects himself as someone who is fearless. He's not afraid of, of, of anything. He puts on this tough guy persona. And in a way, it's like even still, even tough guys, even people that put on this front of like, I'm tough, I'm not scared of anything. I like that Jesse is allowing himself to be vulnerable and admit his feelings. And Jesse says, you know, I'm scared of not making it. You don't know how hard it was to break away from my father and leave the family business. Yeah, I can imagine that's something. It's him having to go back and work for his dad again, admitting that he failed, and just his dad saying, you know, I was right about it. Because you know Nick. He's just like Jesse. 
Of course he, part of me feels like he would say something. See, I told you to stick with the winner, right? Didn't I say that? But it seems like in the Not My Job episode, it feels like he was breaking away from the business so he could focus on his music. But also I think that was also him writing his first jingle for a company. Again, like I was saying just a moment ago with the Jesse and Joey aspect of working together as a team for Mr. Malatesta, then breaking away to form JJ Comparative Services, basically from season two to four. And then in season five, you have them kind of break away. Joey's doing his comedy. Jesse is now married with Becky. They have twin boys. He's focusing on family. He's also focusing on his music. In season six, the birth of the Rush Hour Renegades. We got the duo, the J&J duo back again, and they're stronger than ever. And that carries us through season six through eight. And it's just, I love the dynamic of Jesse and Joey together. I think they both work really well together. They complement each other. You got the serious, you got the silly. It just, it complements each other so much. In a way, as they say, they're basically the perfect odd couple. And then you throw Danny in there, too, in the whole mix. And it's fun, not just with Jesse and Joey, but also to get all three guys in there, too. And you just it's just, that to me, they balance each other out. You got a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you throw in a little bit of this on top. And that's why, honestly, growing up, it just, gosh, yeah, for me... I watched the show religiously growing up. And for me, coming from a home where you don't have the what was basically the normal aesthetic, you know, mom, dad, siblings, family dog, and all that stuff. So Full House for me, that was home for me. It, that was my TV family in a way every single week. But I, I can just see how people would gravitate towards this show. Because it is, yes, it is wholesome. Yes, it's goofy. But we're here for that. And there's always, there's never not something going on with this family. And that's what you're here for. That's why Harry loves coming over there. That's why Kimmy loves going over to the Tanners because it's fun, there's togetherness, and it's just you want to be involved. Sure, you don't got any privacy, but who cares? It's still, at the end of the day, you're sitting down together, you're sharing your day, and it's great. But let's finish this. And Jesse's feelings are definitely validated here. Where he says, I just don't know if I'm good enough. No truer words have ever been said by anybody who is starting out on their own, do, trying to do a new skill that they've never done before, that they're nervous, like, what if I'm not good enough? What if I can't get this? What if there's someone else that can do this better than me? Those insecurity feelings that you're going to feel Anything you try for the first time, I guarantee you're most likely going to have that feeling at some point. I felt that same way when I started working at an automotive factory. It was all about speed. It was about getting your numbers in. 
and I struggled. I did. I even said, I always, I was always thinking, oh, I'm going to get let go. I'm not fast enough. But eventually I excelled and I got over that fear. Honestly, I just call it the new job hump. Once you get out of that, like after three months, you should more than likely not have that feeling anymore. And Joey says, look, Jess, no one ever knows, okay? I go through that same fear every time I jump up on stage, you know, and, and try and make people laugh. And the thing is, yeah, it's like same stage, different venue. You don't know what kind of audience you're going to get. You don't know if your jokes are going to land with, with people and stuff. Like, oh, they're a real hit here, but you go over here and you realize... What you did at one place may not necessarily work for another. Honestly, that's another thing. It's probably doing, you know, being that Joey's going from one place to another, definitely learn your venue, learn the type of area that you're in, the crowd you're going to be performing for, and kind of see what, or even just check out these clubs ahead of time before you get a, uh, you know, when you know you're going to get a sign, like go down there. I'm sure, you know, check out the other comics, see how the audience is reacting and see what material that they respond to. So that way, excuse me, you can actually rework your material necessarily to see according to how they're going to react. Always good, honestly, do your homework, do your research. And... Oh, I love how Joey is just, Jesse, look, you got to hang tough. Hang tough. And KOTV. And he tells him, you have real talent. And Jesse does. He really does. And Joey, going back over to the girl, says, you know, if it, it makes it any easier for you, we've all got faith in you. Stephanie says, Fred's Tire Town is my favorite song. <laughs> DJ says, we're going to sing it at graduation. You mean when she graduates from upper elementary before she goes to middle school? No, DJ says, she adds, well, I'm, I'm going to ask. And Jesse tells him, thanks, guys. That makes me feel a lot better. So, Jesse says, look, Joey, we may have had some problems in the beginning, but, you know, we make a pretty good team. And Joey says, yeah, I mean, we did come up with some pretty cool stuff. And Jesse says, so... What do you say? You still want to be partners? I mean, I can, I'm sure, again, he's got to go through his boss and just say, hey, I want to bring someone on. He's really gay or great. He came up with Fred's Tire Town. I really think he'd be a major asset. Like Butch and Sundance. <laughs> Martin and Lewis. Bert and Ernie. <laughs> Stephanie says Bert and Ernie. Both guys turn to the kids and say, no puppets. And Joey puts out his hand and says, Put her there, partner. And I love what Jesse does. He says, come here, bro. And wraps him in a hug. Oh, my heart. I love this. And Sammy says, this calls for a tea party. And Jesse, all right, let's have some tea in here. They all toast. They drink the tea. And Sammy says, this tea is poison. Oh. Okay, this gag ran itself way too much. Three times in one episode. Girls, nobody is leaving this house. Right, we just had a little fight. <laughs> See, sometimes in the heat of the moment, you, you say things that you don't really mean. You know what I'm talking about. You guys fight all the time. We're sisters. We're supposed to fight. 
It's our job. Well, same with us. We fight like brothers. You mean that, Jess? You think of me like a brother? Well, you definitely irritate me like a brother. <laughs> Jess, that is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Well, we help raise these kids together, do the laundry together, we make school lunches together. Somewhere along the line, we became brothers and housewives. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm sorry about springing that puppet on you. I, I thought it would be a big hit. I was trying to surprise you. I guess I should have talked to you about it first. Ah, it was cute. Uh, I'm sorry for getting crazy, Joey. I... Joey, you know that thing you said about something else was bothering me? You're right. I'm scared. You're scared? Scared of what? Scared of making it. You don't know how hard it was to break away from my father and leave the family business. The thought of me crawling back, killing bugs again, admitting that I failed. I just don't know if I'm good enough. Jess, no one ever knows. I go through that same fear every time I jump up on stage and try and make people laugh. Hey, but you gotta hang tough. You got real talent. If it makes it any easier for you, hey, we've all got faith in you. Fritz Tire Town is my favorite song. We're going to sing it at graduation. Well, I'm going to ask. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That makes me feel a lot better. You know, Joseph, uh, yeah, a few problems in the beginning, but did make a pretty good team. Yeah, we did some good stuff. <laughs> what do you say? Still want to be partners? Like Butch and Sundance? Yeah, like Martin and Lewis? Put it there, partner. Hey, bro. Just call for a tea party. All right. Okay. Okay. A little toast to our friendship. Here we go. So that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Best outfit, hands down, I'm giving it to Stephanie's light blue, red and white checkered hot chocolate sweater that she was wearing. It's just, it was cute. Whoever created it, because I know these are done by the, um, oh, what do they call those people? Wardrobe, I believe. They create these, and... Some of the shirts are creative. I just, I really, especially this, there's one that uh, Stephanie wears. It has like a, a pound puppy on it. That's really cute. And it doesn't say pound puppy, but they use the image and put it on just a basic sweater. Uh, worst outfit of the episodes, honestly, didn't have one. And honestly, I think that's kind of how it is. I'm not just going to scroll into the bottom of the barrel for anything. If it's something that I find atrociously hideous, <laughs> then there will be an award. 
Or the same goes, honestly, if I don't find anything that I find particularly appealing that stands out for best outfit of the episode. Tanner Teachable moment is pretty much... If you're going to work together with someone as, as partners, you both have to have equal... So you got to be on the same page is basically what I'm saying. You don't come in and surprise your coworker while you're trying to pitch something because that doesn't help. It makes you look very unprepared and very unprofessional and could cost you a client, especially if you're working for a company and you're not... It's mostly very even distant heart if you are an independent contractor that's trying to create a name for yourself. It's not going to look good. The idea is to get clients and get also repeat business. Like, okay, you want a client to say, hey, we need a new ad. Let's go with these guys. They're really good. They did good work for us last time. Very successful, you know, stuff like that. But then again... It's also, it's always good to have, you know, the saying, two minds are better than one. Two heads are better than one. It's always good to have someone to bounce feedback off, get feedback and bounce ideas off of. Because we're, and again, like I say, it's best to have two ideas to go with in case the first one doesn't perform well. It's always good to have an extra in the pocket. Alright, so the next episode we're going to be looking at, also from Season 2, we're going to jump ahead to Season 13, Working Mothers, which aired February 3rd, 1989. So we are in the final year of the 80s here. After Jesse and Joey are offered full-time jobs at an ad agency, they struggle to decide if they can do the job and still be moms to the girls. So this is pretty much where, if you haven't seen it, they need to be working from home so that way they can focus on their job but also be there if the girls do need them. So they're juggling work and home. And honestly, I mean, hey, if you can get a job and work from home and, and still be able to do, I mean, more power to you. I, I, I bet if a person could, they would love to have a job where they work from home. So, yes, look forward to that episode next week. And then I believe from there, after that, we jump to Season 4, Episode 3 with the IQ Man. Jesse and Joey's latest client asks them to compromise their morals while shooting a commercial. And then, of course, the final episode, Season 6, Episode 4, Radio Days. Jesse and Joey are offered a job as radio DJs. And that pretty much jumps us into the next venture of the Jesse and Joey work relationship. So, again, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I also hope that uh, y'all have a good weekend now that we are in October. <laughs> Even though I'm recording this in early July. So hopefully by this time you've all had a really good summer and the kiddos are all back to school. Everyone's all settled with their routines and all that good stuff. So if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfh 
podcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet and you'd like to, go to iTunes and leave a review for the Ome Lanta Holy Chalupas Full House Fuller House podcast. Bye-bye, everyone.